Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This pod is brought to you by Brand MN. They're a Minnesota company that makes awesome shirts and more for Minnesotans. So odds are if you're listening to this podcast, which you are, they've got something that you'll love. I personally like the scratching post shirt. It's a picture of a cat scratching on the WNBA championship trophy. It's for the Minnesota Lynx and it can be yours. All you have to do is go to brandmn.com and use the code AWAW for 15% off your order. Your closet will thank you. Welcome back to the A Wolf Among Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke. You can find me on Twitter at B underscore Hedke NBA, and you can find the show on Twitter at A-W-A-W underscore podcast. And as always, this podcast is part of the A Wolf Among Wolves podcast network. You can find the A Wolf Among Wolves blog at A-W-A-W blog on Twitter or at awolfamongwolves.com. And today in the show, we have a special guest. I'm joined by the managing editor of SB Nation's main draft and G League site, Ridiculous Upside, Dakota Schmidt. How's it going, Dakota? It's going as well as possible uh, in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Brendan, uh, how are you doing? I'm not too bad. Yeah, it's definitely been very weird these past few months. Just, I don't know, trying to still live life with everything that's kind of going on with the world. But it's kind of becoming a new normal, which probably is not a good thing. But uh, it's kind of what we got to get used to for now anyways. Yeah. All right. So today, Dakota and I are just going to talk about some G League players, a little bit about the Iowa Wolves. And then like um, some of these players that Gerson Rosas might be looking to bring into the team in the future, uh, maybe next year. You know, Gerson Rosas, he gave Nas Reed a contract that's very team-friendly to where it's four years, so there's a lot of flexibility because after each year it's non-guaranteed and then we can pick up the guarantee on it for like less than $2 million, which leads to a lot of cap flexibility, which will be important because the Timberwolves have some big contracts with uh, Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. So um, I just want to ask you first, Dakota, how familiar are you with the Iowa Wolves and what system they run in Iowa? Um, honestly, it's I watched a fair amount of Iowa Wolves games, but it's been a while. Honestly, it's been um, more than two months, almost three months at this point, 
no, three months. Yeah, it's been a, it's <laughs> been a long months, time. Right. Point, my bad, my bad. Since uh, the season ended, and besides watching uh, some film on individual players uh, for uh, Game of Call today, um, it's been a while, and I uh, for, kind of forgot about um, how the Iowa Wolves as a team uh, played, but uh, if I'm my memory from the uh, clips I watched on a player that um, I want to talk about eventually uh, during this interview, a lot of um, offensively, a lot of high screen work. Um, you know, obviously that was apparent uh, this season with Nas Reed, Jalen, uh, and uh, Jalen Johnson, who are both uh, mobile bigs that like to work up uh, near the perimeter, working pinch post action, horns action. Um, but yeah, uh, the the utilization. Of skill bigs on the on the perimeter, along with um, you know obviously working the ball around and you know getting as many you know open uh, perimeter shots uh, uh, possible. Yeah, for sure. Basically, there's been a lot of similarities between uh, the team that's run in Iowa and uh, the main Timberwolves squad in um, in Minnesota. I think Sam Newman Beck, who is the head coach down in Iowa. Um, he's really trying to prepare these players for that possible jump to come up to Minnesota and play with the big the big league. And I think it really helped, you know, Jordan McLaughlin, Keelan Martin, Nas Reed, all those guys that spent time in Iowa and then ended up playing with Minnesota for a lot of the season. Just very, uh, you know, pretty fast-paced, but then just a lot of three-point shots, limiting mid-range opportunities and everything like that. So, yeah, the Timberwolves and the Iowa Wolves play very similar systems. And there are some intriguing players that... Um, Iowa has that I think might be able to make an impact in Minnesota next year obviously um so there was that transaction window which we're recording this on Tuesday and the transaction window ends tonight a lot of Timberwolves fans were hoping Jordan McLaughlin would uh would get a contract but it's looking pretty bleak right now uh do you what do you think of Jordan McLaughlin do you know much about him or his game Yes, 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 I do, and that's uh, and he's been uh, my one of my favorite players in the G League since uh, he played with um, uh, Long, the Long Island Nets. Yep. As a rookie, he's such a smart uh, player. He always makes the right decisions, and he combines that with being a quick, uh, pretty athletic um, guard for a player size. Um, solid, you know, perimeter shooter. Works tail off. On the offense and all those qualities allowed him to become uh, one of my favorite uh, players in the G League this year. And you know, obviously, I was paying attention to the league. Um, you know, in the weeks leading up to um, everything shutting down because of the pandemic, right. but I was just, I was just happy to see that he was really. It seemed like he was really um, coming into his own as a rotation piece. For, uh, for T-Wolves. Yeah, it was it was really awesome to see because after the trade deadline, everything happened. The Timberwolves ended up with legitimately just D'Angelo Russell as their only uh, full-contracted point guard on the roster. And then we had Jordan McLaughlin, who spent so much time in the Timberwolves that you kind of forgot he was on a two-way deal, but he was. And I'm assuming his 45 days up with the squad were a little... There must have been pretty close to you know coming to an end, but... Jordan McLaughlin, for me, one of my favorite players on Timberwolf. Partially, uh, I was able to do an interview with Jordan and write about that um, a few months ago, you know, once this all started. And that was really cool. He's a super cool guy. But, um, yeah, Jordan McLaughlin, I think, I hope that the Timberwolves can, uh, you know, find a contract for him, whether now or into this actual offseason. Hopefully he can come to 
be a true part of the team. And he wouldn't cost very much. You know, he'd be on a really team-friendly deal. But another player we saw come up was Keelan Martin, and he played some decent minutes. He had stretches where he looked really good and stretches where he didn't look good. Uh, do you do you know much about Keelan Martin? And if, if so, what do you like about Keelan's game? Uh, yeah, I actually wrote a piece about Keelan Martin um, in uh, February, so like a few months before everything shut down. And during that time, he was on an absolute hot streak where he was just on fire from uh from you know beyond the arc just nailing three pointer after three pointer after three pointer and when he's on he's such a fun player to watch being able to you know work his magic off the dribble which you don't see a lot from you know you know bigger six seven uh wings fours like keelan martin and he's six seven 220 pounds but he's able to work off the dribble which um is something that was really entertaining for me in the league. Um, but yeah, I do know a lot about Keelan Martin. Um, if you're uh, listening to this podcast and after you're done, you can uh, go on Google and type in uh, Keelan Martin, Ridiculous Upside, and, and you can read my uh, the piece I wrote about him um, back in uh, back in like mid-February, so like a few weeks before everything uh, shut down. Yeah, and um, so just to go over Keelan Martin's G League stats quick, I got him pulled up. He averaged 18.5 points and, you know, 5.5 rebounds and about 2 steals a game. And he shot from 3, he shot about 37% on 6 attempts, so uh, pretty solid numbers. But I thought Keelan, he has the NBA body to play. Um, I think that's an important thing, too. A lot of times we see G League guys that might be uh, a little undersized or something, maybe not quite strong enough to make it to the NBA, but I think Keelan Martin has that, and I think he could possibly be a piece for the Timberwolves. Um, There's another player that came over in the trade, and that's Omari Spellman. He came over in that Golden State trade when uh, Andrew Wiggins was sent out for D'Angelo Russell, and Omari Spellman, when he came over to Minnesota, he seemed to actually play really well, and he had some really really good games at times um and we've seen him be a rotational piece in the nba but what are your thoughts on omari spellman he didn't seem like he wanted to be here and i think that's the rumors that have been going around is that spellman didn't want to play and that's kind of why he got sent down to iowa and never really touched the floor as a timberwolf i don't know it's weird because omari he shares he has a lot of similarities with uh nasreed Yep. The fact that he's a big that works a lot on the perimeter. Um, he's a solid, you know, three-point shooter, solid, you know, uh, screen setter. So having him, having Amari see a Nasrid who is a player, you know, just like him and, you know, has been in the system for a few months longer than he was, um, you know, it's not surprising to see that, you know, he wasn't, you know, a big fan of moving, you know, to Minnesota right. when they're seeing, you know, a guy like him already on the roster. Yeah, for sure. But the weird thing that it kind of caught me off guard is uh, towards the end of the season where Carl Anthony Towns went down with his wrist injury, it was pretty much just Nas Reed and James Johnson playing big man minutes for us. And uh, a lot of fans thought maybe Spellman would be able to get a little bit of time, but he, he never did come up and get any time with the Timberwolves, which was... I think that kind of, the writing's kind of on the wall with him, and maybe he doesn't really have a place here. Maybe um, there's some bad blood somewhere. But he's a player that, uh, he's always intrigued me. But the player that intrigues me the most for the Minnesota Timberwolves coming out of the G League is Jared Vanderbilt. 
And Jared Vanderbilt also came over around the trade deadline from Denver. And he's just a really interesting player to me. Since he came over from uh, from Denver and he played seven games down in Iowa, he averaged 15.9 points and 13 rebounds, plus three and a half assists per game. Which is, 13 rebounds is a lot for somebody that played 29 minutes a night. Um, so I think that he's a player that I could see uh, Gerson Rosas extending one of those really... Uh, they, we around Minnesota, we call them the Houston specials. They're just like a four-year contract with one year guaranteed and about less than $2 million per year. Um, what are your thoughts on Jared Vanderbilt? Because he was a highly thought-of prospect coming out of high school, but then he dealt with injuries while at Kentucky. So he kind of, his draft stock went down and he hasn't been fully healthy since then, but he definitely has a unique skill set. So what do you think about him as a player? Um, yeah, he, he definitely intrigued me in the limited amount of time that I got to uh, see of him uh, when he was um, when he was with Iowa. And his ability to put up that double-double immediately coming with coming in to um, Iowa is surprising considering the fact that he was in the G League a lot um, this year, during his rookie year, but he wasn't in one place for a long, a long amount, amount of time. He was in Iowa, obviously, for some games. But um, as a as a prospect with Denver before he got traded, he played with Windy City, RGB, and Delaware. Yep. And that's because of the fact that Denver is uh, one of the two teams that don't have a G League affiliate. The other is uh, Portland. So he, unfortunately, wasn't able to, you know, really get situated with, uh, you know, where he was at. And, you know, unfortunately... You know, a few weeks after he, you know, came to Minnesota, you know, uh, a once-in-a-century pandemic you right. know, shut everything down. So, uh, yeah, Vanderbilt is somebody that I think is to be continued when it comes to really, you know, figuring out, you know, what kind of player he is because, you know, you really can't get a lot um, some of somebody, you know, uh, statistically from, you know, just playing seven games with, uh, with the team. Yeah, for sure. And the good thing about Vanderbilt is he is on a really uh, small contract, too. So I think he's got a year left after this one, and it's non-guaranteed for like $1.7 million. And then after that, he'd get extended like a $2.1 million qualifying offer. So I think um, Vanderbilt is a player that you definitely want to guarantee his contract there and see what he's got because he does have such a unique skill set, and he could provide... um, some of that defense to play that power forward next to Carl Anthony Towns because that is the Timberwolves' biggest need. But um, one thing I wanted to talk about is just like other players around the league, like the G League in general, that could possibly come in and make an impact for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I have one question for you first because I'm not that I'm not going to lie and say I'm very familiar with the G League and how all of the contract situations work. So say the Timberwolves are wanting to sign a player from a different team, a different G League team. How does that work? Does the other team get a chance to match an offer, or what's the situation like there? Um, if they're if they're not signed to two A and obviously not um, assigned to a G League team, any NBA team can pick them up. They're technically NBA free agents. Okay. Um, in the G League, and they're actually signed by uh, the G League itself. So if if uh, if a team like Minnesota sees a guy like, you know, during the G League season, obviously, sees a guy like, you know, Jalen Adams or Dusty Hannes, who are, you know, some of the best um, 
NBA free agents in the G League. Yep. Um, they can, you know, pick them up if they want to. Okay, but then when it comes to the offseason, they are just like any other NBA free agent to where they can sign a contract with anyone just like any other free agent? Yes. Okay, sounds good. So then let's get into talking about some of these other guys around the G League that might not be from the Iowa Wolves that uh, maybe could we could see Gerson Rosas looking into picking up this offseason. All right, so you want to, like, detach the two-way guys? It can be two-way. It doesn't really matter. Uh, uh, the first person I thought of was Frank Mason because Frank Mason did play so well, but um, I'm not really sure what his contract situation looks like because he played in Milwaukee. Is that or for the yeah, Milwaukee? Yeah, he, he was on a two-way contract. Yep. Uh, with the Bucks. So, okay. Um, I can I can can give you a lot of players, but what uh position do you think is of need for uh, Minnesota? So the Timberwolves for me currently right now a big thing that I think the Timberwolves need is a uh, a backup point guard, especially if Jordan McLaughlin doesn't get a contract. I think a backup point guard is um is a need, and obviously these things can be covered in the draft as well because the Timberwolves do have for sure one first round pick likely two unless Brooklyn falls out of the playoffs and then we have an early second round pick as well but uh so I'd say point guard and probably a power forward would be the two biggest needs for the Timberwolves um in terms of uh point guards that were available the the one player on my mind is uh Lamar Peters he was with the Westchester Knicks this year um really electrifying shooter um really solid facilitator but the main problem is that he's inefficient when it comes to finishing around the rim but Uh he's also pretty young he just he just turned um 22 like a few weeks ago so he's still pretty young and you know i was a huge fan of him uh when he was with uh westchester but in terms of power fours out like do you want like do you want to continue going to like the stretch of wing so the, stretch uh, forward. Um, so basically for uh, for the Timberwolves, knowing what we know about Gerson Rosas and what kind of players he's targeting for this system, it seems to be that um, he doesn't really want to run two traditional bigs next to each other. So it would more be like a small forward that can fit into a power forward role, you know, like a 6'9 guy that can athletic shoot and everything. I think shooting is a big part of it as well. Okay. Uh, with that in mind, the, the one guy that pops into my mind is um, somebody that fans may not have heard of, but it's uh, Kaiser Gates. He just finished his uh, second year um, in the G League. This year he was with Maine. Um, he's a 6'7", 6'8". I'm not sure of his high because uh, this name just popped in my mind. But um, he's a solid shooter. He's also able, able to take it to the rim, finish. So, so yeah, uh, Kaiser Gates is a player that, um, with the, with the, you know, uh, barometers that he pointed out to me is, uh, the one guy that pops into my mind. Okay. So I had another player, um, in mind for that kind of in that power forward role that can shoot the ball. And, uh, I thought of Wenyan Gabriel for the Stockton Kings. Uh, Wenyan averaged, let me see here. He averaged... Well, he shot 46.2% from deep on 3.7 attempts. So uh, that would be encouraging for the Timberwolves. He also shot 90% from the free throw line, which is uh, another important thing. 8.6 rebounds a game. And 
I'm trying to find his points. Oh yeah, 19.3 points per game. So Wendon Gabriel's a guy that I think, um, obviously probably not a starter in the NBA. He has some of his uh, downfalls as well as every player in the G League does, but I think his ability to play that power forward role and maybe like a backup role would be interesting. Uh, what do you think about Wendon Gabriel and maybe his NBA prospect? Well, he is signed to a guaranteed deal from um, the Canes, so okay, that's so why his name didn't pop into my mind, right? Uh, because you know I'm mainly looking at free agents, but he's somebody that uh, progressed a lot uh, this year. If we're just looking at dealing uh, numbers compared to um, uh, last year, but yeah, he's you know a pretty athletic uh, four that um, really progressed a lot this year in terms of, you know, being able to grab uh, rebounds and shooting, you know, pretty efficiently from uh, beyond the arc. In fact, he shot 46% from three in uh, seven games with the Stockton Canes uh, this year. Yeah, so he was really um, interesting to me. And I looked, I'm looking at his contract situation now. He was uh, he was on a deal with um, Portland because obviously, as you mentioned, they're a team that doesn't have their own uh, G League affiliate. But he was on a deal with them for about a million and a half dollars, and then he's got about a $2 million qualifying offer for this offseason. So I was kind of thinking if for some reason Portland doesn't pick that up, he would definitely be uh, an option. But yeah, I'm assuming they probably will because he was one of the better players in the G League, and they probably want to have him around. Um, Do you have any other players that... You know, could be two-way guys, could uh, just be G League players that, you know, maybe fit uh, the Timberwolves, not necessarily position-wise, but in, like, that shooting, athletic, fast role that uh, the Timberwolves-style play is? Uh, one player that was on the Iowa Wolves uh, this year as a rookie is uh, Barry Brown. He played um, with Kansas State, and while um, his points per game, uh, points, assists, rebounds per game numbers, you know, don't pop off at the screen. Um, he's somebody that was just incredibly solid on uh, both ends of the core with being able to effective, uh, being able to hit uh, three-point uh, shots at a, a pretty consistent clip. He works hard on a defense end with being able to, you know, work around screens. And he may be undersized because he's a He's definitely on our side as a 6'3 uh, shooting guard, but he's somebody that I wouldn't be surprised turns into, um, becomes like the 2020-2021 version of uh, Jordan McLaughlin. He's just a really solid, uh, smart, well-rounded um, player. Yeah, and so I'm looking at his page right now, and it looks like he averaged 13.5 points, almost three rebounds, and just over two assists per game. Uh, for the Iowa Wolves, and he'd shot nearly 40% from three, which is an encouraging thing as well. But you mentioned his size. You said he's only about 6'3". Um, but that's, I think that's not something that the Timberwolves are too worried about, honestly, because the Timberwolves do have a... Uh, they're, they're okay with running two guards because they ran Jordan McLaughlin next to uh, D'Angelo Russell some there towards the end of the season, and I think uh, the coaching staff and our general or our president of basketball operations, Gerson Rosas, I think they both liked... I think they both liked how that worked out. So I think, you know, with Barry Brown coming in 6'3", I think that's good enough size that the, that really they wouldn't care that he's short. Um, so I think he could maybe play some shooting guard next to, like, D- 
D'Angelo Russell or if Jordan McLaughlin gets signed or whatever. So I think Barry Brown is an interesting player. Um, there's a couple other players on the G League team that intrigue me as well. Trevon Duvall is someone that he came out of high school and he was a pretty highly ranked prospect, but nothing really came of him after that. And he spent time in the G League. He only averaged like seven points. Do you did you know much about Trevon Duval before he came out of uh, the before he came like to college and to the NBA? Oh uh, yeah, I actually watched a good amount of film of him uh, lead into his uh, only season with Duke, and I was surprised by how advanced he was as a facilitator and overall ball handler. And honestly, I've been surprised to see that. He really hasn't done much since, you know, coming out of high school. He had a, you know, um, a rough or a forgettable um, freshman year with um, with Duke. He was on a two-way as a rookie with uh, Wisconsin, didn't do much. And then he just had a extremely forgettable uh, past season with, uh, with Iowa where he was – his his minutes were inconsistent so yeah my my confidence and excitement about and Duval have um have really gone down the hill yeah so he came into the g league and he he played for wisconsin the wisconsin herd first off and he actually played pretty decent for them it looks like about 12 and a half points but he's really limited as a shooter he shot 24 percent in the 2018-19 season from three, and then 21% from three this past season for Iowa, which is very discouraging, and I think that's something that, you know, really limits him, especially when he's a guard wanting to come into the uh, NBA. I think it's kind of, I don't know, when the when the Iowa Wolves signed Duval or brought him in, however that works, I was pretty excited to see that he was on the roster because I, you know, he was a very talented player coming out of high school, and yeah, he never really um, turned out to be a lot. Is your, um, you're from Wisconsin? Is that correct? Yes. So are you a like a Bucks fan, a Wisconsin herd fan, or do you follow other te- like another team closer? I'm a I'm a, I'm a Bucks fan, but um, since the herd uh, fall into the G League, and uh, I have to try to follow as many teams you know as possible in the league. I a fandom of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin herd, you know, isn't there. Um, and, you know, obviously at, at the level it is for the Bucks, But, um, but yeah, I um, have watched a good amount of Wisconsin herd games since they um, joined uh, the G League. And, you know, the ball had um, a handful of, or more than a handful of, you know, really intriguing performances when he was rookie. But that wasn't there uh, this year in Iowa. Okay, so another... I mentioned him earlier, but um, I don't know what his contract situation looks like. But Frank Mason, did he... If I remember correctly, was he the MVP of the G League this year? Or was he... Yeah, he was the, yeah, he was the leagues, G League's um, MVP this year, yeah. Okay, so he's on a two-way contract with the Bucks, correct? Yes. Okay, so what... What do you like about uh, Frank Mason? Tell me, like, just fill me in a little bit about how Frank Mason plays on the court. Like, what um, style of player is he? Man, Frank Mason, 
he was incredible uh, this year with the with the Wisconsin Herd. He was a he was a do it all guard that was super efficient from beyond the arc. Was able to you know uh, you know dish it out at a pretty uh, consistent clip. Being able to you know you know get to the get to the hole, but. And I feel like his uh, solid play had a lot to do with how he was able to share uh, the scoring with uh, Jalen Adams, who, you know, just got signed by, I believe, the Atlanta Hawks uh, yesterday. Actually, Jalen Adams was uh, my my pick for uh, G League Rookie of the Year, and I mean G League uh, MVP this year, excuse me. But, yeah, uh, Frank Mason was, you know, incredible during, um, during his time with uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, so I watched a lot of uh, Frank Mason when he was at Kansas because I, I'm a pretty big Jayhawks fan, if we're talking college basketball-wise. And um, you know, I always thought he had that scoring potential to come into the NBA, and he showed that off in the G League last year. Um, I know I asked this be- earlier, but I kind of f- I already forgot the answer. So say the Timberwolves, could they sign like a Frank Mason-type player uh, who's on a two-way? Can they sign two-way players away from the other team, or how do converting those players to NBA contracts work? Um, if the Timberwolves have the two-way spot open, and let's say the the Bucks weigh Frank Mason, the T-Wolves can add him uh, to, to the team, and he'd be on that two-way deal. Or they can also decide to, to trade for him. So the, the the Timberwolves can send somebody to the Bucks, and then the Bucks would bring back, you know, Frank Mason, obviously, it would be a regular... Um, NBA trade, but besides those two options, um, you'd have to wait for him to become a uh, free agent. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, because Frank Mason's someone that some Timberwolves fans have been uh, talking about as a possibility to somehow bring into the team because he does provide some backup point guard duties, and if the Timberwolves could use him as like a backup or maybe a a third string point guard behind like uh, Jordan McLaughlin. But um, is there any other players that you can see around the G League that really impressed you that you could see some general managers around the NBA wanting to bring in um, and that could provide valuable minutes to a good team? Um, actually, I'm in the middle of a project that touches on that for Ridiculous Upside where I'm looking at uh, 20 players for the G League, high major, mid-major, and international. And right now I'm starting with the, with the G League. So um, there are a good amount of players that I think would offer a uh, value uh, for NBA team, but you know, obviously, I don't, I don't think you want uh, twenty guys, but a uh, few guys off the top of my head uh, that I've written about are uh, Lamar Peters, who I mentioned before, yep. uh, Dante Hall, who is a free agent after um, his ten-day deal expired at the start of the um, NBA uh, transaction. Um, right. They now we're currently in the middle of uh, Bryce Brown, who was with the uh, main red class this year, who is a who is a guard that kind of would who would fit into what the Timberwolves are 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 uh, looking for, uh, or what you described Timberwolves are looking for. Uh, J- Jalen Adams, who was with the Erie Bayhawks. There's two Jalen Adams who are both guards, but this Jalen Adams who I uh, just mentioned. Is was with the Erie Bayhawks. Okay. Uh, Shaq Buchanan, who was a defense first um, guard with Memphis. Uh, Dakota Mathias, who was a uh, stretch uh, stretch wing, who you know can really light it up from uh, 
from uh, Beyond the Arc, and you know maybe some uh, some listeners know about him because he played at Purdue and played in the, uh, the Big, Big Ten during his time in college. Okay, so one other player I looked at, and I didn't look too deep into him because his his age threw me off a little bit, but that's Scotty Hobson. Um, he's like 30 years old, but I think he would actually be a valuable player. But just being 30 years old in the, you know, as like an NBA rookie basically would uh, kind of deter me away. But what do you think of Scotty Hobson? I see you wrote something about him like five years ago, back in 2015, and he was in the D, back when it was the D League. What do you think of Scotty Hobson now that he's, uh, you know, further into his career? Um. Man, he had a brief cup of coffee uh, this year with um, OKC. He signed with the team on Minus Real Jam page. He signed with the team on February 21st, and, you know, 20 days later, everything shut down. But Scotty is definitely an intriguing uh, prospect in the fact that he's been super, super efficient uh, scorer uh, in 2014-15 when I wrote that piece, when he was with the... Uh, um, Sioux Falls Sky Force, but yeah, um, six seven four that is pretty efficient uh, from three that can you know uh, you know score at efficient clip, you know around the rim. He's you know definitely an intriguing you know basketball basketball player in general, which is why he's been able to make a uh, career for himself both in the G League and you know playing across the across the world. Yeah, because um. I just am very curious to why he never panned out in the NBA because he has had really good G League seasons. So it's kind of been uh, interesting to see that he's never really had a true shot. I think he's only played in three NBA games total. But in the G League, even this year, he was averaging really good stats. And he was a really high-ranked prospect. I think he came out of high school as like a top 15 prospect. Um, But yeah... You know, he was he must have went overseas for a while at some point in his career too. But yeah, in the G League he played really well this season. He averaged uh eighteen points a game, you know, three rebounds, three and a half assists, and he shot forty seven percent from three on six shots a game. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if he does get a shot in the NBA. I think his age is something that turns people away, but um I think he could pro- provide some value to some team. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and, you know, his, his skill set has to be there considering the fact that he's been able to make a solid career for himself playing in various, you know, high-quality international leagues like the Euro League and, you know, uh, Euro Cup. Right, and I think the, you know, a team that's going to sign someone like Scotty Hobson, they're going to understand that he pretty much is what he is at this point. He's not going to improve much. You know, he's 30 years old. Um, but if you need someone that can provide his services, um, you know, I think he's someone to look at. And the Timberwolves, maybe, if he is, if his shooting numbers do transfer over to the NBA, he could be someone that I see the Timberwolves um, possibly trying to acquire in some way. I'm not sure what his contract situation looks like, but he definitely is intriguing. Yeah, most definitely. Um, okay, so I think that's pretty much all I have for questions and anything. Is there anything you want to add about uh, G League players in general or Timber, possible Timberwolves um, signings or trades or anything? 
Uh, no, I feel like we've uh, gone through a lot of players in the in the 30 minutes that we've uh, been talking. Awesome. So, all right, I guess that's going to do it for the show today then. So I'm your host again, Brendan Hedke, and I am joined by Dakota Schmidt. You can find Dakota. Dakota, where can they find you on Twitter so we can get you? Uh, my personal my personal account is at Dakota underscore Schmidt. Or uh, if you just want uh, G League stuff, it's at Redic, R-I-D-I-C, Upside, on Twitter, or uh, just go to our RidiculousUpside.com. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks for joining me, and you have a great day. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.